Let's do this thing. All right, and welcome back to Social Biology. I'm your co-host, Jeremy. And I'm your co-host, Morgan. I have a pet peeve for you today, Morgan. I am very excited for it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, so I just saw a mini, I guess, yeah, a documentary called We Work on Hulu. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. So to give you a very brief overview, We Work, uh, oddly enough, this was this kind of corresponds with when we were in New York City. It was a company that started in, in New York City and their kind of business strategy was to acquire or rent out office space and then renovate it and then kind of set them up to be like more community centered. Okay. So, and then you'd rent out uh, space to individual businesses or most likely individual people. Right. So this was a practice I didn't know existed until I, I listened to some shows from people who live in London and they always are, one of them is like a, he's a, a host of other podcasts and other things like that. And he was always looking for renting out like a single office cubicle in a way. Uh-huh. Uh, a concept that I've never heard of before. Yeah, just a single un- a single unit. Yeah, like a single yeah. unit. Um, nothing. Single little nothing space. Too expensive. Right. And most places they want around like a whole floor, right? Like you have. Uh, I, I learned exactly. this also about about the Empire State Building. A lot of the skyscrapers you see, individual floors will be rented out to different places, like Separate banks businesses. or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this company had this thing and there's a, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but there's this whole interesting thing. Like the whole documentary is like an hour and a half, so it's not too long. But uh, there's this guy and he he seems like a super charismatic guy and blah, blah. And his uh, his wife, uh, she starts to become more involved in the company and she brings this like pseudo spiritualism aspect to it. Ugh, and, women and- in business. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah Sorry. No, that um, was very bad. No, yeah, I no. mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of sad because the stereotype that women tend to bring these things is actually really common. And I actually see it. And so I don't know if it's she a, created a, a Zen space. Yeah, like it's right like, okay. again. Like the, the sorry, the, that was very <laughs> no, inappropriate. We understand, yeah. Morgan. We understand uh, your backward yeah. <laughs> way. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, one of us has to be the non-likable. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you've chosen to throw yourself under yeah, the bus, so to speak. Um, fine with me. Come find me. <laughs> uh, uh, I was gonna yeah. say, and so this is the thing I, I really dis- despise is. So, like, spiritualism, which if you've ever uh, delved into true crime or unsolved mystery, things like that, you you tend to eventually find it because there are a few people who claim to, like, be able to talk to spirits and Ouija boards. Like and so, mediums? Yeah. So, spiritualism uh-huh. is, for, in, for at least in, in how I will describe it, is if you took religion and you took out all the parts about deities and you only left with like the superstition and the like spirits and the ghost and, and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and so, which again, like this was very popular in the 1800s and somewhat in the 1900s, even today, people do seances and stuff like that, that that's a, an aspect of spiritualism. My beef is not with spiritualism directly, although I can't say I'm a huge fan of it. It's, it's kind of whatever. Uh, if you want to believe in oh, something. Oh, I've got beef. No, I got beef uh, with people yeah, who, no. <laughs> who, who yeah. pr- uh, are predators in that aspect. But no, my oh yeah, my beef. That's what I was gonna say. Some of them are predators. Oh yeah, no, not all of them. I would say yeah. a lot of them are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so but my in this uh, pet peeve, it's mostly about the people who they're not even they're not even into the spiritualist stuff. They're like 
in, in the same way that spiritualism is kind of a watered down version of, of certain religions, there's like this pseudo spiritualistic mm-hmm. movement that's an, a watered down version of that itself, where they kind of okay. they kind of grab like Eastern philosophies like chakras and or in reincarnation. They talk about like auras and energy. They talk about uh-huh. horoscopes, like points and, in your body. Yeah, your, like they just get yeah. this whole weird, disgusting, uh, like soup of junk. Uh, that doesn't have any sense like a mix of everything uh-huh. yeah and they don't and, and the thing they don't talk about like allah or god or, or buddha they don't like talk about uh, any kind mm-hmm. of specific thing they just kind of at any moment they'll be talking about chakras and the next second they're talking about you know crystals and and zodiac signs and shit like that and that right. stuff really bugs me and so in in this docuseries <laughs> this person she was kind of responsible for injecting that into uh like the workspace and oh, how so like everyone got their own little zen garden well yeah well i mean the 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 the, the kind of just gist of it is that this kind of practice became more predatory uh because they were kind of taking advantage of these poor uh, tech startups or people in new york who they just wanted a place to work and start a business um and so like it started off really good and eventually kind of falls apart but they also became part of like you live, you kind of work in this environment where they're like, oh, we're going to host these classes and these classes are free, but I'm going to teach you about how to, you know, uh, access Discover your inner yourself. energy and yeah. turn your aura uh-huh, exactly. from blue to pink or, or whatever it is. I don't know. And they would charge uh-huh. for that. You know, they would charge specifically for or like these rocks that help you concentrate, you know, garbage like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I the reason I really dislike it is because it. It like you said, when it comes to spiritualism, I feel like spiritualism is already extremely vulnerable to people take being taken advantage of, to fraud and charlatans and and stuff like that, and stuff oh, like definitely. this is just even more so. Where I have I've never found someone who liked to talk about crystals or like to talk about auras or energy or shit like that, who also uh-huh. weren't trying to sell you. A, a lame book or a, you know a web seminar or that costs 50 bucks or to sell you a, or an oil that an oil. cures your dog's cancer and yeah. yeah uh this isn't i wouldn't say this is alternative medicine although i do definitely have uh-huh. beef with things that call themselves alternative <laughs> oh, medicine we know i'm sure uh-huh. you do yeah uh but it's more about you know the fluidity of this weird belief because if you ever asked them about specific things like like so do are you theistic do you believe in like a god or do you believe in like the hindu tradition or like multi-gods and they don't even they don't i don't think they even know what they believe themselves i really do think it's like a mask to push certain products and things like that it kind of feels like a flow of their own imagination is kind of what they're trying to portray but then in the root of it it it's them trying to sell something it's very predatory yeah it it feels so unstable and pushy and it's like you can be like this too (laughs) let's breathe in and focus on your knees i mean yeah 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 yeah. stuff like that it's weird i think it's because uh, yeah like like i've said many times i like consistency i don't care what religion you are as long as you're actions and beliefs are consistent with that religion and then oh yeah with the principles and whatnot yeah yeah like you know but i i feel like once you've gotten into this kind of mode of thinking like you said it's very fluid so at any moment whatever you say whatever you kind of excuse you can give whatever reason why someone is sick or they're not country or whatever can change to benefit whatever they're trying to peddle uh right. and so like you can never 
sit down and talk to them and get a straight answer. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really don't like that is a huge pet peeve of mine is even when you see people like, you know, people like that and maybe they're not salesmen. You know, you can believe in that kind of stuff and not be a part of the, the you know, the kind of the, the ladder of money that's going up there. But right. it's just like you talk to someone like that and you just I got to I sit there and like I can't take you seriously. Like I, I know you're mm-hmm. maybe you're nice or maybe you're whatever, but I cannot look at you and say, oh, yeah, this is someone that is rational because like you just you fall for this garbage stuff. And I don't know. It just, so that's a it bugs me or when people try to convince you or tell you like, oh, your your chi is all out of whack. And like, fuck you. I don't you don't know nothing about my damn chi. Like, <laughs> I don't right. know. It really doesn't. It, yeah, I got kind of, that's a pet peeve of mine. I, I hate it. At, have you seen, okay, before I ask you this, let me, uh, okay. So I, I want to make sense of how they implemented this whole, you know, purchase this kind of thinking or garbage. So so what they did was they purchased commercial buildings, renovated them, and then rented them out, and then attempted to implement something to the renters? Uh, yeah, so basically they would purchase, let's say they purchased like a large office building. And originally their plan was to make it more open face, you know, because before everyone was in their own discrete little rooms because you wanted privacy. And so right. they kind of built like, oh, okay. there was yeah, common yeah, areas yeah. that you can kind of hang out and you can talk with other people who are working on different projects and maybe collaborate more. Um, so it started off with a really cool concept. And I like in this documentary, it goes into how this concept got really big and the people who started, you mm-hmm. know, got into lots of kind of financial gains and things like that. Uh, and so this isn't like, like if you watch it, there's not really like a focus on it. It's not like, oh, and this is how they made all their money by selling crystals and, and rocks and stuff. It's just like a side note. Uh, but the whole fact that uh-huh. someone who was in charge of this billion, like multi-billion dollar uh, infrastructure was also kind of into this stuff doesn't surprise me how it ended up being the subject of a documentary that usually means it didn't go super well. So <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that is that is crazy. So overall, thoughts on the documentary worth it? Oh yeah. Or did you sum it up pretty well? I I think I think so. Uh, I got in like spoil any specifics. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of detail in there. Uh, it focuses mostly on the uh, the kind of the, the founder, the CEO. I forget his name now, but uh, and all like I like I said, I'm a big fan of documentaries, especially modern mm-hmm. ones, because old ones, as I've demonstrated with my voice before, are super boring and lame. And yes, uh, <laughs> we talked about that last yes, week. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, so the Sahara does. Yeah. 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 You only get a few of those. I'm not going <laughs> to. It's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, I prefer docu-series. Like right now, I'm also watching a docu-series about an art museum that got robbed. It's uh, which I had the story I knew about before, but this docu-series done really well. And but we work is. What one's that on? Uh, that's on Netflix. Uh, this on is Netflix. it's called This is a Robbery. Uh, huh. It's it's a really it's a really cool dog series because it doesn't have to do with murder uh, or anything like that. Which again, I love murder. Uh, oh, I love the topic who of murder. Doesn't love murder. Yeah, who doesn't love a yeah. good murder? Now and then? <laughs> uh, but this is like a would you call it? Yeah, what a white collar crime is that when you like only mm-hmm. money is stolen but no one gets hurt? Is my uh, y- yes. Maybe because when I think of white collar crime, I don't know if I've ever thought of the definite. When I think of white collar crime, I think of like embezzlement, yeah, like fraud, embezzlement. I don't think insider of trading and fraud, and yeah, theft is a bit more aggressive. That's true. I feel like that's more. I guess yeah. I, I guess I wouldn't call it white collar, but it, if it's like armed robbery, maybe. 
Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think it's white collar crime, but it's a crime that again doesn't have anyone. No one is murdered yeah. brutally in their sleep or anything, as far as we know, actually. Uh, but mm-hmm. we work is is an hour and a half, so it's just a, it's one episode or it's it's one kind of movie, and mm-hmm. it's good. I would recommend it. Interesting, yeah. Speaking of documentaries, um, there's a new one that came out. It's on uh on HBO. I think it's on HBO. It, I I watched it through Amazon. Um, here's a pet peeve of mine is when <laughs> you could have had a ten part series in about three hours. Oh yeah, I, I cannot stand when stuff gets drug out and just you know it feels like you're just trying to fill and then by the end of it you're like do i care to see the end i could just wikipedia it and read it in 10 minutes and be done but anyways uh, thinking of these things of kind of the you know get in touch with yourself and kind of these lies and some sort of indoctrination there was a group called uh I i don't know how to pronounce it i had to look it up again the show is called the vow and um, the group or organization was called Nixvium. I, I don't know how to pronounce oh, it. I'm probably pronouncing familiar. it wrong. N-X-I-V-M. And it was it was this huge thing. It started as some sort of like motivational thing. It's like get the confidence to become the new you, to do everything you need to do, to, you know, become empowered. And it, it was like these group meetings. They were kind of awkward. It kind of was uncomfortable. But like after this 10 week program and spending 10 to $20,000, you were supposed to be in touch with, with your new you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, what was crazy was it, it was super expensive, but they targeted a lot of like Hollywood types. And, um, what's interesting, uh, some of the actors, uh, were from some of the older star Wars movies, even oh. that were like brought into this thing. And, um, it got to the point where you realize that the dude that, like started it was supposedly this new Einstein. He spoke eight languages, played four instruments fluently, knew the answer to all the questions of the universe. And if you doubted him, it was like you, you should be doubting yourself because you're not working out the issues and demons in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically like kind of turned into a cult. It got so bad where it got to the point where they had this sisterhood that they had created the co-creator created this like hierarchy of sorts where these women would recruit other women essentially brainwashing them into this system where they were sending each other blackmail where it's like, okay, you gotta, you gotta show your, your confidence in the program and your, what, what do you call that? Your commitment. commitment. Yeah. Yeah. So send us blackmail, send us a nude picture, send us a secret. Nobody knows. And that proves to us that you want to be the new you. And these women did it. And a lot of them did it. And it got to the point where they would go through these rituals and it it, it eventually led to what they called the vow, which they would brand each other. And it, it oh my gosh, it was this horrendous thing. And slowly these members started coming out against him. And I think it was in 2009 that the founder was actually convicted of... You know, all, all these sorts of different things, but it started as this business model of confidence and self-building exploded, became this unknown cult, and then a couple people trickled out. And yeah, it, it was a really good series. I feel like it could have been done in about three hours. It's a 10-hour series, but uh, but it, it, it is really crazy when you hear these things of like, build yourself, you know, 
it's hard to get confidence in these things when there's so many of them out there. I guess that's less of the, you know, the spiritualized side of things, your chakras and your, your pressure points and your, your oneness and more of like a confidence and leadership building kind of thing. But I know it's freaky stuff. It's freaky to think that there's groups out there that lead to these things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I agree. I feel like, Humans are so susceptible to these kinds of thinking. Uh, and I think it's because we used to be very tribalistic. Like you would, you would be born into a small group, kind of like a, like a wolf pack. You know, you have your little group and you have right. to trust each other with your life. Because if you didn't, um, everything would fall apart and you would die and your group would die because you're too weak. Right. And I feel like as we grew into larger societies, like it, we just we have remained susceptible to people, almost like a hacker getting to a computer. You can find people, and this kind of goes into that WeWork documentary too, where this leader wasn't he wasn't a he wasn't a religious leader, the the founder of this company, mm-hmm. but the way he acted and presented himself, everyone thought like you said, like he was a genius, like oh this man's gonna be, you know, the next Bill Gates or uh, the next whatever. It, it kind of holds this like religious like quality to it because i'm pretty sure in mm-hmm. that uh nixium or documentary you're talking about or the vow i'm not too sure if it was a religious thing but it, it got so close to being a religious thing that it probably it pretty much was uh, so, by anybody in it it probably would have felt that way yeah, yeah even though they didn't you know teach any kind of particular religion. worship a deity yeah or exactly something. yeah uh, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it's really easy for people to fall into things like that. Uh, and it's, right. it's, it's not fun because you, you, in a lot of these uh, exposés or, or docuseries, things like that, you talk to people who used to be in there and a lot of them, they do, you know, they felt like, oh, I was in it and now I'm out and they regret it. But some of them, even though they know it was a bad thing, they still have like somewhat good feelings about it, which is a little disturbing. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorites is that is one called Wild Wild Country. Uh, it's a docu-series on Netflix. And this is one that doesn't run too long, I feel like. It, it is kind of a long show. It has, I think... I haven't heard of that one either. Uh, eight or nine episodes in it, like an hour long each. But it's actually, it's a really long and convoluted story. So I kind of needed that. Uh, you should uh-huh. you should definitely, I'm not going to... It is definitely... Wild Wild Country. Wild Wild Country. It is a story okay. that I was so surprised I had not heard of. Because it didn't Ooh, happen that long ago, and it was so uh-huh. such a big deal, you know. But anyway, yeah, this looks very interesting. Oh, it is extremely good. They even made a. Uh, they recently kind of released a follow up. Uh, I think it was not a docu series, but like a, an hour long show. Because they the the docu series kind of ends. I think the day you know, like the modern day that they were filming it, and there was still some unresolved things going on. So. And I think the new the new thing they released kind of helps that. Kind of like Tiger King. Tiger King had like a their whole ser- uh, show, and then like a month later they released like a after the show, after the ma- yeah after everything interviews and stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's cult like thinking and group think and things like that really <laughs> fascinates me because uh-huh. I feel like it's just a weakness that we as humans have uh, to fall into these things. And I think it gets worse as you get older. Like you always hear about the stereotypical, like, Oh, like my grandmother fell for a scam or whatever. And you don't want to like, these people could be very smart, but I think it's something happens as when you get to a certain age that you kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say like your judgment goes away or whatever like that, because they can still be very competent right. and, you know, very, 
mentally yeah. acute. But it just you you tend to rely on like assuming people are doing a certain thing, and then you just rely on the wrong thing. It just falls apart. Uh, I just read a story online about a woman who lost her credit card, and so she called the company and said, "Hey, I need a new card," and they sent one to her, and she accidentally put in the wrong phone number to activate it. You know, like the card has like call this number and activate it. I don't, right. And she called. I think it was like one digit off, and the people this organization was set up to. F- just to get those those people right, they were specifically that would miss there. the number. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was like this whole that's thing horrible. where in order to activate her card, she needed to put money in her card, even though it's a credit card. So that's not how the credit cards work. Yeah, uh, and she they made her buy like a certain amount of Bitcoin and then deposit it into the card, and then she they told her like, oh yeah, the balance what will be the there heck? when you get the card, but we just need to have some money in there to activate it. And then by the time her son figured out, like she spent like three thousand dollars, and of course like lost it all. Uh, which oh is not gosh. that much money, but it, it could have been so much worse. But still, you're like, how could someone think like that? You know, how could someone? No, that's but that's hard to think that that, that someone would be that. I, I want to say gullible, but that's yeah. probably mean. No, that's the you thing. Know what it's, I, mean. I, I would say that normally, but it happens so often, and with people who they've led like perfectly normal adult lives, like they're they're not dumb i don't know there's not a better way of saying it. they're not you know incompetent but they just kind of i guess uh putting a part of that would be as you get older you kind of stop trying to understand technology uh mm-hmm. especially if you were born way before computers became a thing uh because i feel like our generation and a generation that came after us will be a lot more tech savvy even if we're much older because we just have the experience of you know living with computers all our lives Whereas right. some people don't, you know, they're like, well, I was yeah. born in the seventies and therefore computers really became a thing when I was an adult or adult already. So I kind of understand them, but I'm just going to kind of assume that someone else knows what they're doing and follow what they say. Uh, right. And so if they tell me to buy something online, I'm like, oh, sure, I'll do whatever you say because I don't know anything. So, yeah, it 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 is weird. Something, something actually happened to my, my grandpa related to this and like, you know, computer and people not knowing. Have you ever have you ever gone to a website that either um, I, I've had this happen on? I guess you could call them clickbait websites. Maybe you're looking for an article or something, and one of the first one pops up, and you click click on it, and you think it's on the subject, but it pops up and it says Windows has found six errors, oh, yeah. and it's like flashing a screen and stuff. So that happened to my grandpa. Um, he was always reading news and stuff on his computer at work, and one of those flipped up, and he called the number. And he couldn't understand the guy. Um, it was it was some guy out of, you know, an eastern country. Mm-hmm. He couldn't understand the guy. He's 84 years old, had no idea what he was saying. And he was like, he's like, this is Microsoft? And they're like, yes, this is Microsoft. Like, we, we're going to fix your computer. Yeah. Give us access. Da, da, da. So he like called me in. He had me talk to them. And I was like, who the hell Yeah, what's are going you? on? Like, and I, I closed the web browser and it like, yeah. Uh, grandfather um, fell prey to uh, yes. a, an Eastern country, so this, as you so uh, yeah, correctly. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say where they're from. I have no idea. <laughs> Your I'm accent not, really. I'm not going to be uh, the bad guy all the time. Okay. Um, hey, I held back on that accent. I it was a little mild. Better. I understood. It was pretty yeah, mild. Uh, it was mild. <laughs> um, so any, anyways, there. I like find the guy on the phone and like while he's talking, I'm just like closing the the screen and it wouldn't close. 
and he didn't give them access or anything. It was just one of those screens that is impossible to get rid of. So, yeah. you know, we just opened a task manager and force closed all of his programs and it went away. And while this guy is still on the phone with me, I'm like, okay, I think I got rid of the screen. And I, I thought it was Microsoft for a second, but this guy started going, no, you're being attacked from this country, this country, this country. You, you need to give us access now. We're, they're, they're breaking into your, your IP address. Da, 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 da. You're being attacked from this country, this country, this country. And I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. And it makes me think how many elderly people click on that and call that number. Oh, and yeah. we'll go through the steps with them. Um, I, I had somebody uh, while I was living in New York. Somebody called my grandma and was like, Grandma, it's it's me. Oh, it's shit. It's your grandson. And she's like, uh, my grandson is 20 years old and <laughs> cannot call me yeah, yeah. And, and whenever he wants. And they're like, no, it's me, grandma. I'm I'm stuck in Mexico. I need like $200. And it's like, holy shit, <laughs> man. Like, uh, I, yeah. I've heard of that the, the before. Things people fall prey to. Uh, yeah. People are like, oh, yeah, like I'm locked out of my car and the locksmith needs like a few hundred dollars and my wallet's in there. You know, like something very believable. Uh, right. And, yeah, exactly. I, I'm stuck without gas. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, my card's declined or uh, I can give the attendant your info. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. Well, um, I was thinking of one other one that, oh, the the oldest one. I, I still get these. I can't believe these are still a thing. But somebody calling saying, like, this is the IRS and we're calling about the de- the debt that you need to I've settle. I've never had that happen, but I've definitely heard of that. I have it frequently. Really? And it's like, who doesn't know that the IRS would never call you? Or, like... It, it, it's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the IRS would... Yeah, I've never received a call from the IRS, but... No, that's because they don't call you. They yeah. send letters or they go to your premise and lock down. <laughs> and by the what, time they get, if you see at. someone the IRS in person, <laughs> you're fucked. Like yeah. you're, you are yeah, going to get exactly. killed. Yes, you're screwed. Uh, so it, it's amazing to me that that has been a thing since like the dawn of phones. And it has never been a thing. The IRS has never called people and it's still a tactic. It, it's crazy to me to think that somebody could fall for that. Yeah, I feel like, again, it's just, it's not that these people are dumb, which it's easy to assume that. Uh, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's, yeah, it's just the inexperience of it. Yeah, and because yeah, and I get that. There are even some things that, you know, like, in, especially in financial institutions that people may not be aware of that uh, they can fall prey, you know, to these things. Like, if you ever see those, like, payday loan centers where you... Oh, my gosh. And they're super enticing. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. and 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 like old people do fall for that too. But a lot of young people definitely fall for that. Uh, they just think that they can cash, take money out of something, and it'll it'll be really cheap. But actually, it's extremely expensive cash now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there are traps for every, I've literally everyone at every age, and I every feel like age group. it's easy to feel like because you're a certain age or you're tech savvy or something that you you can be immune to something like that. Uh, but I feel it's not about intelligence. It's not about uh, like those kinds of skills. You can be vulnerable to these kinds of attacks just based on who you are, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, you see right. that the, 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 the getting a call from the IRS may not always won't won't work for someone who's a lot younger or things like that. But there mm-hmm. are things that people our age and younger fall for that, you know, tend to 
older people would be like, that's stupid. Why would you do that? And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it swings Man, both ways. You, you've got like 20 different things going through my head now, but, <laughs> but you, you, you said something really interesting. Um, it's kind of like we're all in our own pack. Oh yes. I think you use the word pack and we're growing up in our own little world and it can be dangerous to let the outside world in, but it can also be dangerous not to see the outside world. No, I never said um, it's dangerous to let the outside world in. I mean, that's no, 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 no. I, I know you didn't say that. I'm, oh, I'm just okay, saying yeah, yeah. something that I'm thinking about, especially being a father, like thinking about my son, there's all these different things. Like I hope he doesn't get exposed to or doesn't experience or whatnot. But at the same time, sheltering is a very dangerous game. It, it, that, that won't work. It will end up being more unhealthy. Um, so I, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that you use the word pack. And when you said pack, I kind of took it as like uh, familial and kind of spatial, like your own little realm where you, you your own little world where you don't really know what's going on on the outside, not just outside of your family, but other areas of the world, other parts of the country. Um, and it's it's not good to be uninformed or I, I just everybody should be smart. Let's just let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Cool. I'm glad you agree. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> no. No. But w- w- yeah. Sorry. What were you gonna say? No, no. no I was just gonna say that it's yeah. I, f- I feel like it's kind of a product of who we are. I mean, you. I like to say I have an example of dogs where we domesticated dogs from wolves. And dogs exhibit a lot of physical and social characteristics that wolves do not exhibit. Uh, but they also, they, but they do have like this strong pack mentality. And as you, as someone who's had dogs, and I've had a dog before as well, but not to the same extent, uh, you can really tell that these behaviors are kind of left over from a bygone era. Like dogs don't need pack mentality. Like they don't need to, mm-hmm. you know, hunt and, you know, yeah, maybe protect a little bit, but most dogs, you know, they'll never see combat, you know, in the, in their life. Right. <laughs> Especially if they're yeah. really tiny. And mm-hmm. so there, there's like these remnants of what dogs used to do or be a part of. And like we use them to our advantage. Like it's always fun and nice, but sometimes it can be a problem where you have a dog who thinks that they're, they're, they're above in the social order than like a child or someone else. And they start being very aggressive towards them uh, because of that. And that can be a real problem. I think you mentioned that before that like or a dog has a, a sibling, usually like a male dog has a sister. And if they're raised mm-hmm. together, they might have behavior issues because, again, they're they kind of have they this view themselves as a unit rather than everybody together. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like as humans uh, and there's a whole lot of psychology into this and psychology is not a subject I would even pretend to know a whole lot of. <laughs> uh, but as like as humans, as when we used to be like more nomadic, you would have a group, a, a fairly large group of people, but not like a village or a nation or things like that. They were just roaming around, and so right. we our minds are socially we're kind of designed to focus on my group has these needs. There are these people in there. You know, I'm going to focus on these ones. And like you said before, like outsiders, they can't be helpful, but they can also be a very huge threat to us. Right. And so when you get to modern society, uh, it's you uh, humans cannot really imagine large numbers of people. Like I can tell you that, oh, like in this city, 
there are 10 million people who live there. But that number doesn't really mean anything. Like, you cannot imagine 10 million people. It's, yeah, if you took them all and put them together, that, yeah. Yeah, it's literally like an unfathomable amount of people. Like, the difference between <laughs> 10 and 15 million for me is, is zero. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of people. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's a huge number. I can't imagine them. Uh, even if you say something like 10,000 or 100,000 people, I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of people. I can't tell you what they would. I can't tell you if you put them all in one place, how many they would like, how much space that would take. I don't know how much land they need. Like, I don't know any of that stuff. Right. Uh, right. So it makes me think of going to a stadium with like 45,000 people. Yeah. And imagining how big that is. And a million would be. 25 times that like exactly you know it, it's yeah it's pretty crazy or, or if you that. just took me to a stadium like how many people do you think are in here i'm like i don't know if it's no, I, ten thousand. I, I don't know if it's a hundred thousand like i don't a hundred yeah, yeah. It, you just uh-huh. have no idea it's really hard to kind of quantify that uh right. again because our brains aren't really good at doing stuff like that so which is why when you see people who are into groups and i say that like everyone's into groups uh, even if you don't want to think you're in a group you're probably in some a few groups uh, you you have to your brain has to kind of simplify things, uh, mm-hmm. which is why you get like oh like my group believes in these five things and your group believes in those opposite five things and therefore we are completely opposite and we cannot get along. And when the reality is that your group actually has a hundred different things of them and ninety five of them you agree with the other group, but because of this kind of small group mentality, you you have to find ways to distinguish yourself from another group. And therefore, the differences between you two are kind of exaggerated or they're focused on rather the than... The defining thing, yeah. Yeah, all the things are very similar to. Right. Interesting. Which is problematic. Kind of focal points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could totally see why that would be problematic. I think it's a... And I don't know, like, again, I'm not a sociologist or a psychologist or things like that. It's and, a good divider. Uh, yeah, I don't know if if it's getting better or worse or it's the same you know there's a lot of people who say like oh we're now in the united states like we're more divided than we ever have been uh and that's a pretty good argument like yeah i can kind of see that i would disagree Mm -hmm. in the fact that we have fought a civil war before and that was when we were pretty divided uh (laughs) i think it's a stretch to say we're more divided now than ever have been yes I, if you said recent history and are talking maybe the last 20 years, yeah, I would agree. maybe I could get behind that. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's hard to make an absolute statement. And we've talked about that before. We have. Yes, yeah. we have talked mm-hmm. about it before. Uh, but I feel like I, I don't know if we we're ever going to get better at it. Uh, because let's say the generation I grew up with the Internet, I would say they are the greatest hope for being able to conceptualize large groups because they have been connected to people who live in Europe and Asia and Australia and South America. Like you can instantaneously contact them. Mm-hmm. And so it, it might help with that, you know, and I feel like I, I definitely see it with my younger siblings and also other people of a younger age. It's funny because they're younger, but they're, they, they're coming adults now, which is doesn't make me feel great about my age. Uh-huh. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you, mm-hmm. but you know, because if someone's a child, like, yeah, it's hard to kind of pick the brain of a child, uh, because they're really young. But if you're like, oh yeah, like I'm 19, like you're not, I'm not saying you're fully developed, but I can definitely have a conversation with you much better right. than a younger person. And, exactly. And they think the ones I've, at least I've spoken to, so it's very uh, anecdotal. I have noticed that, yeah, people 
they uh, they tend people who are raised in the internet age they tend to be more open to new ideas and different groups of people being valid uh, and and I feel like that's a really good thing maybe I don't know if it's enough it's not going to be enough to save us who knows but maybe it's good enough to be like eh that's that's maybe as good as we can get uh mm-hmm. until we get uh some into some interesting like brain linking technology which it's super science fiction but i think it's really interesting wow now uh, you're now you're getting somewhere uh yeah no so uh recent so uh i guess this could be more or less our biology topic uh, i had something very similar like a group group thinking and group psychology but i don't feel super confident in talking about that uh like that but i am confident about uh, machine brain interfaces. I don't know if you ever heard of those things. It, like direct communication between machines and our not only our brains, but our just our whole nervous system in general. Mm-hmm. And for the past few decades, we've had a decent amount of, of uh, progress made in you have a brain, uh, like, like a human or any kind of animal brains too, but human brains more specifically. And machines can learn to read signals that the brain is sending and to kind of uh, make, turn that into electrical signals that the machine can understand. Right. Uh, you can see that there. I remember when I was kind of young, there were like these little games where you put on like a little headband and you try to make this little ball float using like magnetism or something. And uh-huh. based on like how hard you thought it like lifted the ball higher. And, <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, yeah. and that was mostly like just for fun. It didn't really, it, all it measured was, I think, like heat. So it didn't actually measure any. Right. If you were straining uh-huh. really hard, yeah, it would move higher because you're like heating <laughs> up your body. But, uh-huh. uh, but we definitely have had a lot of progress in very simple commands being able to be given to a machine. Uh, like you hook up electrodes to someone and this is a part of machine learning, which I think we've talked about machine learning a little bit on the show before. A little bit. Yeah. We, I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah. So basically like, let's say you, you strapped some electrodes into someone's head uh, and usually they're just on the surface of your skin. You're not like stabbing them into their brain. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you try to give them a very simple command. Like, Hey, like think up, like think the word up, think like the motion up. And the computer is going to be expecting up. And so when all the signal it's kind of receiving, it'll assume that it's up and therefore eventually it'll make the connection. And then you can keep going with other kind of very simple concepts and hopefully it'll be able to distinguish them all at once later on. Right. Uh, And we've used this for people who are uh, paraplegic or sorry, quadriplegic. Uh, They have all their limbs. They're kind of paralyzed from the neck down. And uh-huh. it, it can be very hard for them to communicate because sometimes they can talk, but almost they almost never can. Uh, blinking uh-huh. is a thing they can do. You have people like Stephen Hawking, who he was able to uh, speak because he had a, a machine, a software program that would go through every letter of the alphabet and he would twitch in a certain way at the letter he wanted to select and then slowly type out words that way. Uh, huh. So it took like I did not know that was how he did it. Oh yeah, no, it was very, uh, very arduous. And eventually, it got better because it could kind of like autofill a little bit. So he can, if it was a really long word, he'd have to go like one letter at a time. Uh, but it could take mm-hmm. him hours and hours to kind of have a like a few paragraphs. And he got really good at it because the, the letters. I was going to say, so you're telling me those interviews were heavily <laughs> edited? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, basically, he was told the questions beforehand. And he had those and responses prepared ready. The answers. Uh, oh, interesting. Because I'm pretty sure you also had like pre-selected uh, kind of responses to certain things. 
Uh-huh. Uh, because when he goes out there and gives a TED talk, like he's he literally wrote that and he's out there physically, but he isn't like in real time fearlessly twitching his way yeah. towards a, uh-huh. a coherent yeah. talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, that's giving me horrific image. <laughs> just like <laughs> just spazzing out. He's just up there seizing, <laughs> but he's trying like, to talk as fast as he yeah, can. Yeah, he just. <laughs> Just having a seizure, just like blah blah blah, blah just like, <laughs> and they're like, "Are you okay?" And he's like twitching. He's like, "Yes, I'm good." Like, oh my gosh, never been better. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm uh, the non-likable guy. Uh, interesting fact is that uh, the original because he's Stephen Hawking is from England, so uh, he's British, and we even have like video of him talking when he was really young. Uh, so later, when he got his like first kind of. Uh, I don't want to say like just speech, rec, you know, kind of speech program. It was Speaker. made in the United States uh-huh. because yeah. the computer uh, computer program was kind of better in the United States. And eventually they could make a British voice. And so I think in the 90s, they're like, hey, we can we can fit you with a British sounding one. Uh, and he said, like, this has been my voice for, you know, 20, 30 years. It's now my voice. So I don't want to change my voice because, uh, yeah, this is this is part of who I am. It's kind of so, like, yeah, how he's recognized. Yeah, and I really feel like Stephen Hawking was like one of the world's first cyborgs in, in that kind of interesting way. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, so uh, ideally you wouldn't have to like twitch to select letters and things like that. Uh, you can just think of the letter or the word and the the device will be able to, to kind of pick that up. And somewhat recently, we've gotten really close to just that. Uh, so currently, yeah. uh, it's a lot easier for machines to learn what humans are trying to think because uh, even though electrical, like our brain uses electrical signals, so it's not like we're trying to convert chemical signals to electricity to you know computational stuff. Uh, right. And if using kind of electrodes, you can kind of get stuff like that. And uh, like if you haven't been paying attention, we've gotten really far into this technology. Uh, even through MRI scans, we can kind of tell what or people might be thinking about uh, or using a mixture of uh, MRI and electrode scanning. Like if you think the word, there's been some experiments where someone was thinking of a, a very particular animal and the computer was kind of tasked with guessing what the animal was and also inventing an image of what the animal could be. Uh, and so someone would think like cat and the computer after all be like, okay, I, I'm thinking you're thinking of the word cat and here's an image of what I think a cat should look like using procedurally generated, you know, pixels. And it came Whoa. up with like this kind of like surreal impressionist, but definitely cat like image. Uh, so that is a little freaky. You think that's freaky? I think that's awesome. That, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's giving me like 1984 vibes and oh yeah, being no. able to oh the, maybe that's why that, that's freaky because I'm associating it with that. But that is very interesting that we can do that. Yeah, and I feel like uh, it'll like it's baby steps, so it's not like you can uh, have a, a connection with someone using this thing. But eventually, yeah, you'll be able to have a machine. That maybe maybe can hook up to someone with dementia or Alzheimer's and be able to really make sense of what they're they're understanding or thinking. That uh, would be super interesting. Exactly. I didn't even think of something like that. Oh yeah, man. Like yeah, you think That'd of the cool amazing. novelty stuff. You, I, you, there's applications in psychotherapy. There's applications in PTSD and anxiety, depression. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So this would be incredible. People get scared of it, but I'm like, no. In the same way that we should not be scared of antibiotics, we should not be scared of machines understanding human thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. So. 
yeah, I think the benefits definitely outweigh uh, any kind of potential drawback that, that could be had with this. So hmm. uh, the, the same cannot be said of having things the other way around. Having a machine input something into your brain is a dangerous thing. Uh, not because of 1984 crazy, creepy technology, as you said before. But uh-huh. if, if a machine could have electrical signals that were connected to an electrode that go into your brain, in theory, if the machine were to malfunction or something were to go wrong, it could technically be able to damage your brain because it's directly interfacing with it. Uh, like if it's sent in a huge stimulus all at once, it could have like a very bad effect on a human brain. Right. Uh, there have been limited applications of this. There are uh, kind of artificial eyes that we've been trying to develop, like just a little tiny uh, camera that can cook up to a wire that goes right to your optic center. So if you're blind, and if you're blind because your eye either isn't there or has something problematic, then you can still, this, this part of your brain can still receive light information from a very simple camera and actually can be able to see very limitedly, like shapes mostly, uh, but way better than they could before. Really? Yeah, there's very interesting stuff going on with, with people. I didn't know about that. Uh, it's really interesting because in the very beginning, the, the brain doesn't recognize the input. Uh, like you literally are having this camera thing. And again, it's not a very advanced camera because they don't want to overload your eye with sensory data or your brain with sensory data. Uh, right. And so slowly over time, they're like, oh, yeah, like it's really dark, but I can, uh, I think we talked about this before too. Like there's people who are blind, who they're blind because not that their eyes aren't functioning, but there's something in their brain isn't receiving the input. Uh-huh. Uh, and so in the very beginning, they were like, well, I can't see anything. Like it's still dark, but I can kind of perceive that there are objects in front of me in a weird uh-huh. way. And then over time, they're like, well, now it's really dark, but I can kind of see some fuzzy shapes. I can see, you know, and then eventually, I guess the best a camera can do is like flat 2D black and white images. And so they can kind of see those. Uh, but it is super fascinating because that's a that's a cure for blindness that I never thought of before. Like, oh, yeah, instead of if your eyes are ripped out by a bear, you can wear these glasses and these glasses are your eyes. Like we don't even have to put eyes into your head anymore. We don't have to get like these little Terminator robot eyes. We can just have little cameras on these frames and boom, you can see whatever uh, the glasses are seeing. Yeah, that's that's really crazy to think about. Um, It's Uh, not like new eyes, but that would make a world of difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even regaining 10% of your vision can turn someone who is completely dependent on help to like, yeah, I can't like drive, but I can get around my house. I can walk down the street. You know, I can do a lot of stuff that I couldn't before. Right. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. And if they're if they're wireless, I always kind of, as a joke, I thought on my mind, like a Mr. Potato Head, he can like take out one of his eyes and like put it around a corner and see around <laughs> what's going on. You can like uh-huh. take off your glasses and like that's leave it somewhere really like, weird. oh, I can see them. I know where they are. I can watch them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Now we need something like that for ears so we can hear what other people are oh, saying. Oh, we already have that's microphones. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like you leave your 
Uh, Dude, I don't know. I was thinking of these ears that you like put on and take oh off my and they're your everyday ears. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of microphones. Uh, 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 like we, we Dude, for like 60, 70 years we've had little I, ears had we can leave somewhere. <laughs> Let's just chalk that up to me being I'm just dumb. like walking around. There's like a human ear stuck to the wall. You're like, what the hell? Oh like, <laughs> It's like, oh shit, he found it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm choking. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I say that because like, uh, it's not like it would be interesting because uh, there's people who have hearing aids and they're two part hearing aids, like or cochlear implant where one part is literally embedded in their skull and the other part is like removable, detachable for like battery External. replacement. Yeah. And so that person, yeah, they can quote unquote leave their ear somewhere and start hearing things not super far away, but in the house, like, I don't know where my ear is, but they'll start like talking and snapping and clapping until they get closer. Like, oh, there it is. I found my ear. It's really? in my sock. I didn't door. know that. Uh, those That's aren't as weird. common as the like hearing aids that you mostly yeah, see. Yeah, the typical ones. Yeah. Uh, huh. It's funny because my grandfather, he had some really bad uh, accidents with his ear and he has horrible hearing in, I think, both sides of his of his head, but it's not genetic. He just literally passed out drunk one day and landed on his ear and busted the eardrum really oh man uh this was like uh when he was that was a while ago but he we always gave him hearing aids uh but since he lives in a third world country every time he went back there he would just sell them for like beer money uh or just money in general and so eventually we're like okay we need to get him something that's not super expensive and something that it's easy for him to use Uh, because i think eventually run out of batteries and rather than trying to find new batteries he just sell it you know really cheap too so it was, it was a big waste of money we didn't we didn't appreciate that and so we eventually bought him like this little tiny box it looks like a case a cassette uh recorder and it had like a headphone jack and so it, it needed like triple a batteries but it was basically just like uh like it's like a like a, what like an amplifier like it was just like a loudspeaker right and so uh-huh. he, someone would talk and it would go into this input and it go through his headphones uh, and since it was like 40 bucks he didn't he couldn't really sell it and so he still uses that. It's been years since we gave it to him, but he still uses it. So he'll be walking around yeah. with like these Apple headphones in there. Um, and, <laughs> Interesting. And, yeah, if it works. And he lives with my uncle. And my uncle says that when he starts saying things he doesn't want to hear, he just like turns the volume all the way down so he doesn't <laughs> have to hear it. <laughs> That's so hilarious. A, he's, a, he's, a, he's a funny. He turned 96 yesterday or last week. So wow. Yesterday. He's wow. going strong. Yeah, so, and he's really like coherent. Like he's, he knows what's up. So Really? Good news for That's me, great. my genetics. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my family, they seem to live forever forever. also. I had a great-great-grandmother Jeez. I knew. Yeah, I think you she, told me, yeah. She, she died when I, I think I was like 12. Yeah, you met she her. She was 101. And then my grandmother's mother was 99. Oh, almost. And she died when I was 12. I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, one more yeah. year. It's just a hundred. Yeah. But then my, my grandpa's father, he hasn't aged a day in 30 years and he's like 89. Wait, I, your grandpa's father. So. Yes. So my great grandfather. He's 89. Yeah. He's 89. That's hasn't really, aged a day in 30 years. I feel like that's really young for a great grandfather that has a 30, yeah. 25 or you know, 20 well, year old. Well, it's weird. I mean, 10 years, 10 years ago, it was his mother who was still alive. The 101 year old. Oh, geez. So, so Wait, yeah. did she have him when um, he was, when she was 12? What's going on over there? <laughs> yeah, no. So yeah, there was 101. So that would have been about 79. So she was probably about 20 
And then yeah, they were that's... probably about 20 when they had my grandfather. My grandpa was probably about 25. Oh, okay. When I he had my mother. And then my mom was about early 20s, 23, 24 when she had me. And now I'm 26, yeah, I, I 25 guess... and had my son now 26. Yeah, I guess yeah, logistically, I yeah. If you're like consistently having kids at 20 years old and you're like the oldest or one of the oldest, then yeah, you can easily have three generations and the yeah. oldest one is 60, right? Like, or yeah. it's just not a big deal. Yeah. So my, so my son has a great, great grand, great, great, great grandfather. Yeah. I mean, age and stuff really gets to me because, uh, you, you can really see, you can't like see your future in your grandparents or things like that. But it definitely kind of leads to like, well, there's no heart failure. No, like, you know, it kind of gives you hope if nothing horrible goes wrong. But yeah, if you have like a, a bunch of people in your family, like, oh, yeah, like they all died of, you know, cancer and diabetes. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks to be you. Like you're inheriting these things. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a fun, I don't know, if, I wouldn't, I don't know if you call it a poem, but there's like a short little paragraph. I think it's called like, uh, how shit happens at work. Uh huh. And basically it goes through the process of like someone in the very bottom tier saying something. And like as each level of, uh, as it climbs the corporate ladder, it slightly shifts and eventually gets to the very top and like, ah, and it's completely, completely different. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I feel like that's how it goes because, if you ask anybody in the lab, hey, does this thing look good? We would have been like, fuck no. That looks so shitty. Like, what the hell is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's the same way like that That Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out a few years ago where Sonic just looked like ass. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but talk about redemption, man. They yes. listened to the people that wanted to see it and fixed the hell out of it. No, exactly. No, that is definitely redemption, but... Yes, before, that was that was awesome. Before they, I didn't fixed see it. the movie, but that was. I good. know I didn't see it either. That was a good uh, move. I heard yeah. it was okay though. I heard it wasn't like awful. But I heard I, it was decent. It was I, it's decent. hard to make a good video game movie. Yeah, you gotta. But I remember looking at that thing. I'm like, this image, this character. It just it, it wasn't just copy pasted from the internet. Like somebody spent probably millions of dollars not only creating this piece of shit, but. <laughs> animating it, showing it to editors, showing it to hundreds, maybe thousands of people. And everyone's like, yeah, that looks good to me. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. And and then as soon as you release it, any like any kind of schmuck with the YouTube video was like, this, what is this garbage? Uh-oh. You know, I don't understand. This could this could be the corporate mentality where you're just too afraid to offer criticism. Uh because you're the only one that can it's can almost like the me? emperor. Uh, have you heard of the story, the uh, Emperor's New Clothes? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the Like the Emperor's Emperor's New Clothes, is that what it's called? Uh, Emperor's basic- New Groove? No, 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 not, not the movie. Oh, okay. Emperor, there's like the, I think there's the, or the Emperor's Clothes. There's like the story where this uh, these tailors come to like a king or an emperor or something, a ruler. And they're like, right. hey, we're going to make you like this amazingly, this amazing coat or jacket or, or clothes or whatever. And it'll uh-huh. be made of a, a magical thread that can only be seen by people who are wise. Huh. And he's like, oh, okay. And so they make it for him, uh, but they're kind of fraudsters and they don't make anything. And so they hold right. up this imaginary thing. They're like, what do you think? And the the king or the emperor doesn't can't see anything, of course. Right. But yeah, he's uh, but he's been like, well, I don't want to be an, say that I can't see it and be an idiot. He's like, oh, it looks amazing. And put it on <laughs> uh-huh. me. And he goes parading throughout the town pretty much like naked. 
and Eric, he's like, well, like, look at my new coat. If you can't see it, it's because you're, you know, you're unwise. And everyone's like, oh, wow. Like, it looks really pretty. Like, all the stuff, even though he's literally uh-huh. wearing nothing. Yeah. Uh, and the story goes, like, like some kid is like, the emperor's naked. What the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> and then everyone yeah, finds exactly. out that, yeah, was, these people uh, scammed them. But it's like this kind of thing where everyone's like, oh, yeah, this Sonic looks amazing. Yeah, sir. You, you've Dude. done it again. Oh, just fucking bump but, the crap out of but, my mind. <laughs> uh, but you have to think... <laughs> There had to be that one guy that was like, uh, excuse me, this looks like shit. (laughs) Don't you think there had to be at least one? And you know his ass was fired. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. You get fired. It's like it's funny because that's the way you play the game. You're not gonna get. You don't. No one gets fired if the public doesn't like your thing. But if you. publicly or you kind of say hey this thing looks like ass like but you spent 10 million dollars on it so we can't change it you could get fired and so yeah i think yeah. the result of this is because everyone wants to play it safe no one wants, like i wouldn't risk my job i wouldn't be like hey uh this thing sucks i, I maybe mention it like yeah, i don't know if i like the eyes like you know kind of something very passive aggressive right. or subtle uh-huh. but they're like no nah, this is where we're going i'm like you're the boss, sir. Of course. Yes, sir. That looks great to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm no, gonna, man, that, that is so it. hard for me to believe. That's so hard for me to believe <sighs> that nobody or somebody had to say something before it hit the public eye. It just had to be brutally I honest would, and be like, uh, this is garbage. <laughs> like, I would uh, love to, to have like an inside scoop on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, did you like, or I don't, I don't even know if like, the person who originally designed it, because it probably was a group of people. If you could talk, if they'd be willing to talk to them, you'd be like, Hey guys, what the hell happened? Like, let's be real. Like, what the- yeah. <laughs> and then to think about it, it was probably a team of designers or animators. Yeah. I would, I, one of them had to be like, you, this is a joke, right? Like yeah. we're just messing with people, right? Like we're actually going to pitch this. It's actually really funny. And I hope they never hear this and they probably never will. But I told you I was writing for a video game oh, yes, uh, you told me. for quite, quite a while until the project kind of fell apart. But we're taking what we wrote and we're taking a different direction. After a pitch meeting where they essentially said the opposite of what they had said the previous meeting and the whole concept and idea we had come up with was just completely shut down. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was, it was awful. We did what they asked us to do. And then they were like, no, we want to go this direction. And then we went Ugh. back another direction. We actually started making a parody and you know, it's kind of a fantasy book and they, and they are a fantasy game and they're like, Oh, this tree is an evil God. And then I just jokingly was like, okay, what if we make this tree, uh, the representation of this evil God's dick and everybody's going oh. over there and kissing it and da, da, da. And then my buddy totally played on it and it was like, okay. And what if we did this and we, they had to like <laughs> mow the grass and it's like shaving his and da, 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 da. And like we, we went on this thing where we were just dicking around with it yeah. and we were, you know, we were, we were kind of pissed because we put hours and hours into this new pitch line that they requested and they're like, no, we want to go this direction. And it was the opposite of what they said initially. Mm. We pitched this new parody. Oh my god! Kind of, kind of censoring bits of it. We yeah, didn't yeah. say it was the demon's dick, but they loved it. Oh my god. God. And what, what what was funny, what was so funny was in the end, we completely went away from it and we, we didn't do anything that was relevant to it or related to it. But but it, it is amazing to me 
I swear that Sonic pitch could have been a joke. And like every day, some of those animators could have been going into work. Like, is today the day they realize it was a joke? No, we better keep going with it. We might lose our jobs. Like I, I could totally see something like that being the case as well. Yeah, no, I think that has to be the case because I mean, I don't know what happens again. I don't think it's people are dumb. Like if you're founding a company or doing stuff like that, I feel like it's something happens to you when you're on top of an organization where like how you perceive things has shifted because like this happens so often. Like it happens where like, that sounds like a great idea. And you're like, no, that sounds like an awful ass idea. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> right. It, uh, I, I can't believe it. Uh, I have a, I have a small example of where I work. So where I work, they we have two. We have many kinds of machines, but we the work specifically. I usually work with two very distinct kinds. Um, and uh, one was what like a few. I guess about almost a year and a half ago, one was damaged to the point where it was just kind of being scrapped, and we got a new one. Uh-huh. And then somewhat recently, the the kind of equipment portion of our lab was like hey secretly we've been kind of working on this thing and we think we have it back up and running so you could have a, huh. a whole extra machine in the lab there and which would definitely you know increase our efficiency mm-hmm. uh, and we're like oh sweet like this is you know an unfettered bonus like this is something cool and they were like okay so where do you want it and in my lab there are like five or six different kind of uh, parts of it or kind of sections of it and there's one that definitely uses this these machines. They have we have six of these machines in that part of the lab because we it processes samples and that's where we get the most samples. Right. And in a different part of the lab, we process a different kind of sample and it we get significantly less. Uh, but we still have three of those machines in there. So even though mm-hmm. it like this, uh, let's say uh, lab A gets 50 samples and lab B gets 10 samples, the one that has B still has like. 50% of the number of machines that the other lab does. Right. Even, mm-hmm. It doesn't need it. It does. It, it could really only work with it two, but it has that. three. Yeah. And so uh, the person, there are many lab managers, but the one who's kind of in charge of it was like, oh yeah, we'll put it in lab B, you know, where there are fewer samples. And at first we thought it was a joke. Uh, uh-huh. And there's there was a meeting, which I wasn't part of this meeting at the time, but now I am part of this kind of group that meets they discuss like, hey, where do you want this thing? And the, the lab manager is like, I think it should be in lab B. And everyone agreed except for what? one person who was like, hey, uh-huh. let's put it to a vote because this council is only made up of like, let's say five or six people and the lab has right. like 50 people. Uh-huh. And the, the majority like, of which probably didn't work in the area maybe. It, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And so they were like, hey, and so, but yeah, so the manager wanted to put it in the part of the lab that needed it the least. So I'm just like, uh-huh. just kind of clarify. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's put it to a vote. And the vote came out like unanimously. One person uh, was neutral, but everyone's like, no, it shouldn't go into <laughs> B. It should go into A. Like, what are you smoking? That's hilarious. And, and like, I just wish I was in that meeting because like, did no one say anything? Like everyone... Everyone knew this is where it needed to go, but it happens. And I, I want to be in there. I want to study this. I want to be like, hey, we need to figure this shit out because it's ruining lives <laughs> when you don't understand what's happening in the lab. Well, it's or, crazy. It, it makes you think, Is are they just clueless or do they actively just like don't say anything that's contrary to somebody above them or 
what 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 could it have been it's that's really bizarre it's so bizarre and i'm yeah i'm just so curious because like this person this lab manager like they're very intelligent like they're they're competent they know what they're doing i i don't work with them directly but i'm just like that's super weird and like well how do you have this bad idea like what happened like <laughs> but <laughs> You should ask him one day in the future. Hey, you remember that one day when we like? Can I ask you a question? Uh, what the fuck? Like, you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> what in the hell? Uh, hey, uh, are are you a moron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've been thinking about this for a few years. Are you a moron? Yeah, like God, it's it's know. okay. We all having a learning disability is nothing to be ashamed of. Like, you know, it's just something super. <laughs> yeah, the day super you're planning on going to a different job, that, that should be your exit. Yeah. yeah. There's something awful. Yeah. But, all right, man. Before we get cut off again, I think we should. I think that's it. So. Yeah, I think we should end it. Who doesn't love murder? <laughs>